CCR number 101 for March 3rd, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by PanthersFans.com. Cats fans, get your Carolina Panthers fixed with all the guys and gals over at PanthersFans.com. Stay up to date with all the latest news, transactions, and discussions only at PanthersFans.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLong's going, Steve Smith left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, we are joined by Yahoo Sports columnist Jason Cole, and Nick Yeoman is here to provide the fans' perspective. Now, bubble your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. What's going on, and why are all those guys running around little orange cones? Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. The scouting combine took place this past weekend in Indianapolis. Don't ask me what happened. To be honest, it's hard to watch a bunch of guys run a straight line in shorts to impress a whole bunch of middle-aged men with stopwatches. Marvin Lewis of the Bengals isn't very impressed. He wants to know what these youngsters can do on a playing field, and so do all general managers and coaches. Let's just hope the Panthers have done their homework and that they're ready for next month's draft. There is still work to be done before then, and no word on long-term deals with any of the team's restricted free agents. The decisions to tender these guys and the levels where they would be tendered should be expected in the next few days. We shall see. It's time once again for the Panther Preview. Joining us as always, you all know him, you know his awesomeness, it's Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, what's up? John, what's going on? Man, I gotta tell you, I am so bored. But the the, the Olympics are over. Uh, I'm not really an NBA fan. <laughs> what have I got? The Bobcats. I um I don't know. I mean, the draft isn't until April, uh, so that's what six seven weeks away. There's nothing going on. Even free agency doesn't start until this Friday. I'm bored, man. You're joking. You're joking. I mean, have you not watched the NFL Combine? I mean, I gotta admit, I am hooked, and I know. It's just a bunch of college guys, you know, wearing way too tight Under Armour, you know, workout clothes, just running 40s and lifting weights. But I'm hooked. Uh, credit to the NFL Network. They're showing this stuff nonstop, and I'm hooked, man. I can't, I can't watch Tim Tebow run that three-cone drill enough, man. It's great stuff. And every time one of those guys steps out, I expect them to go, what's the last sound you hear? Click, click. <laughs> yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> you know, we must protect this house. You know, I mean, I, I just... And then to know that they're there and they're going position by position, and then they're gonna they're gonna take those guys back there. I did this back in the day, and I'm, I won't I won't tell what year it was, but we did this sort of thing in in uh, sort of where you check in to the military and you they they you, everybody has to stand around in their underwear. You feel weird. You're in this room of like a hundred people. They're doing the same thing to these guys, and it's like, why are you having them stand around in their underwear? What is the point? I mean, the Combine seems like, um, I'm with Marvin Lewis on this. I mean, so you can run a straight line, a 
40-yard dash in 4-4. I don't care. Put on the pads. Now let me see how fast you are. You know. I'll, I'll tell you what. It, it's, it is the greatest glorified job <laughs> interview I think you could ever have. I mean, you don't really know if these guys can do the job or not, but, boy, every owner and every coach and every uh, potential, you know, drafting team is there to check you out. And there's got to be a lot of pressure on them. And, and uh, for some reason, I love it, man. I get hooked. Yes, it's a job market. It's a job market. Bring your resume with you, you know, mm-hmm. and wear your best tie and get that best suit dry cleaned and, and wear that, you know. Mom is checking to see is your tie straight. All right, son, now go get a job. But uh, <laughs> speaking of guys that, are, that might be looking for jobs but probably will find jobs, our free agents. And free agency starts March 5th. That's this coming Friday. We have got a long and distinguished list of both restricted and unrestricted guys, and I just wanted to very briefly look at the unrestricted guys. We'll kind of pass over them because that's a whole different ball game we're talking about there, but we've got Brayton, A.J. Feely, probably gone, uh, McCown, who knows, Masin Muhammad, Julius Peppers, like we didn't know that, Hollis Thomas, Kedrick Vincent, and Dante Wesley. It's these restricted guys where things are going to get interesting. We can put we can get these guys tagged as restricted, put a, a level, a tender level on them. Will they be a first rounder, first and a third, different money levels? So looking at those guys, and, and if you have got to play general manager today, who is the first guy that you are, you're going to take off the list and you're going to put him, you're going to put a, a tender level on him? Who is it going to be and where are you going to, how are you going to tender him? Oh, it, it's it's going to be Matt Moore for me. I mean, it's the quarterback position, arguably the most important one on the field, and he's got to be around next season. Jake DeLome showed nothing last year that, uh, that that should give Panthers fans or anyone working for the Panthers any faith that he can go in and be the guy as the starter. I think he's the big name you have to. Maybe Thomas Davis. The only reason I'm a little skeptical about Thomas Davis is because he is coming off that knee injury. But I really think Matt Moore's got to be the guy that, uh, that you got to set that tender pretty high and uh, and make sure that he stays in a Carolina Panthers uniform. Because from what I've heard and from what I've read uh, of all the free agent quarterbacks, there's a lot of teams pretty high on Matt Moore right now. Yeah, he's actually listed as the number one free agent quarterback in the league going into this free agent uh, class. So you maybe you you have him tendered at a first and a third level. I think that's three million plus. You might say handle Thomas Davis' situation as a first, maybe a first rounder only. I still think that's you know that's a pretty decent payday for him. But it looks like the guy really got hurt. You know, not just physically, but now financially because he didn't get a long term deal. Two thousand eleven is going to hurt him. So all right, looking at that then. You kind of picked the guy you felt like was most important. You've got Matt Moore at the top of your list. Then do you want to tag these players? Do you want to say, okay, we'll leave you out as a restricted uh, restricted free agent, let you shop around, but we've got the right to, you know, to match the offers that you receive? Or do you want to try and sign them to a long-term deal? I mean, play the game or get them signed? Boy, it's, it's, it's really risky either way. It, it really is because if Thomas Davis... That knee does it. If he doesn't bounce back from that injury, and you and you are you do sign him to a long term deal, you know you you may hurt yourself if that thing flares back up. And same with Matt Moore. If he's not the answer, 
boy, you've already got enough money tied up into the quarterback spot as it is. So I'm kind of tempted to just put that tender on them. And, and uh, you know, if any other teams are out there that are, and that really want these guys, they're going to have to pay, you know, maybe you can match a contract. But uh, it, it's not an easy decision to make. But I just, I just look at those two guys, and I think there's some other guys out there. Jeff King. Is he expendable? I don't know. He's the best blocking tight end the Panthers had. You probably would like to have him back. Same with Richard Marshall at the cornerback spot. And same James Anderson's another one who I think is a valuable you know, backup to this team. Guys, you really need to keep around. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm wondering if this team does play on the cheap a little bit because there's no limit to what you can spend. There's also no minimum you're forced to spend on player salaries. So let's say you're going to play it cheap a little bit in 2010 since we don't have a, a collective bargaining agreement. All right, so you want to play it cheap. You keep putting these these tender levels on these guys, and then if they leave, they leave. You pick up this youth through the draft this year. Let's say you pick up a couple of first-rounders, a third-rounder here or there, with you know with guys like Jeff King or Richard Marshall, if they leave. So maybe you go with youth, and then you've got $21 million thanks to the departure of Julius Peppers. So... How are you going to spend it? Are you going to try and spread that around for these guys? Are you going to hold it back and say, I'm actually not spending it? I mean, what are you going to do with the money? Is it for rookies? How do you get rid of that money now, or are you just going to put it in your pocket? Well, John, I think you know darn right how you and I would both, what you and I would both do with the money, and that's spend it and help this team. The thing is, though, I don't think it's going to happen. And I'll tell you what, it just reeks of collusion uh, because from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of owners with the exception of, you know, there may be the the Redskins, you know, the Daniel Snyders and the Jerry Jones of the world that are going to go out there and spend. But I think there's a lot of teams that are going to play it safe. And you talk about if you tender and you put these guys out there and you play it cheap and and you kind of know that there aren't going to be a lot of teams looking to grab other players you know, you're probably going to be able to play it cheap and you're going to get away with it. So, personally, I'm spending the money, man. I'm going to go out there and, and I'm going to test that that uh, wide receiver free agent uh, class because you, you need some help there. Also, at the defensive end, there's some big names there. Whether a lot of these guys have anything in the tank, we'll find out. But I would want to spend it, and that's that's just the, the inner fan in me. I'm one to do every little thing to make this team better. And if Julius Peppers is gone and you've got a fat load of cash sitting in your pocket, you better do something with it. Yeah, and I think when you start talking about collusion and there's always the chance that there there is something going on there that we don't know about, a deal made behind closed doors, and, and if they are brokering a deal like that with each other, the owners, sort of the buddy-buddy system, then you bring up another issue, the possibility of maybe somebody stepping in and let's check out that whole, um, oh, I don't know, you know, those rules about antitrust Maybe we start talking about that. Now, that's that's an issue for another day, but and that's like a full hour discussion there. But, okay, looking at this list, you take this list we, we were talking about, and if, if I'm just going to throw out a few names, Quentin Teal, uh, C.J. Wilson, James Anderson, Reese Lloyd, Dante Wesley. I mean, imagine just that list of guys. Let's say they're all out of town come training camp. What does that do to our special teams? I mean, they're, they're going to fall apart. Yeah, absolutely, and there was not much left to the special teams as it is uh, because of, of you know the Julius Pepper situation last year, where they had to sacrifice 
you know, some depth at a lot of key positions, and it really hurt the special teams, and it probably costed Danny Crossman his job because of how poor they played. So, yeah, I mean, you can play it cheap, but at the same time, you've got to keep a well-rounded roster, and, and you know, obviously I'm, you, no one's going to argue and tell you that Dante Wesley or Quentin Teal or James Anderson are as important to this team as a quarterback or a Steve Smith, but each guy, uh, you know, they know their role and they play their role well, and you've got to have these guys around because special teams can win or lose your ball games. Absolutely. Now, you want to stick around, maybe uh, look out at some other guys that just might be out there that we might be um, bringing in for a little visit? Yeah, sure thing, John. All right, and when we, uh, when we come back, we'll talk about other free agents, other teams. we got a few other topics and one four-letter word that may come up a time or two. Um, don't forget, before we take this break, I want to remind you to uh, sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, I kind of messed up last week, had a little problem, didn't get the newsletter sent out. But you can go to catcraveradio.com. At the top of the page, you'll see the newsletter link. Click there, fill out the form, and you'll have yourself signed up. Each week, we'll be sending out the newsletter, keeping you updated on the show and lots of other stuff. So just go to catcraveradio.com, sign up for the newsletter. When we come back, we've got more of the preview, still looking at free agency, when Nick and I return. You love the Carolina Panthers, and so do we. That's why we have more CCR right after this. This is President Barack Obama. In the story of America, the greatest chapters are moments of challenge, when we see people serving their country and one another, volunteers who step forward into hospital corridors and church basements, along levees and fire lines. And the next chapter is yours to help write. Sign up to volunteer at usaservice.org. That's usaservice.org. Let's renew America together. A message from Renew America Together, brought to you by the Ad Council. Your feedback is critical. We want to make this the best Panther show on the planet. Email us at catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Back to more CCR. And welcome back to the Panther preview. Still with us is Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, we're talking uh, free agents and, of course, March. There's March Madness, and there's also the madness of free agency. So uh, just kind of looking at um, who we might consider, and we already, and I know you and I have talked about this, most fans I think would agree, our two weaknesses are and probably will continue to be defensive end and wide receiver. So if we're just going to go down a list of free agents, guys that are out there on the street, just at just looking at unrestricted free agents, so we don't have to have matching numbers and worry about the you know the the current team this player is with matching our offer. I got to throw out. I'm going to give you two names at defensive end. Tell me what you think about them: Adewale Agunlier and Kyle Vandenbosch. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think Vandenbosch. The question for me is how much does he have left in the tank? I, I do like that one. That's one I certainly had wa- I had written down, and, and, and certainly, you know, I think the Panthers have to consider that. Agulier, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, played up there in Chicago. He's floated around a little bit. A solid player. Whew, that, that's that's tough. That's that's not one I had considered, but I looked. At, I certainly looked at Vanden Bosch. I think there's some talent out there, but there's a lot of guys. You know, when I look at the list of free agency, the unrestricted guys, there's a lot of names out there. I don't know how much substance there is. I mean, Javon Curse is out there. You've got Kabir Gabajabiamila. You've got Leonard Little. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that you can look at. I would probably leave Vandenbosch and probably be at the top of my list, though. There's one other name, and he intrigues me. 
mostly because of the defense that he was playing in. I don't know that he's going to fit in or would fit in with uh, with the Panthers because coming from the Jets, I don't know that he would fit the system, but uh, Marquez Douglas uh, interested me when I saw his name on there, and considering he did play for the number one ranked defense in the league, I mean, that, that he stood out. Leonard Little, because of his age, I mean, I had him written down, but I was ready to scratch his name off. So, And same with Javon Kurse. So the freak, I, I, I'm not really that interested in him. But Marquez Douglas, for some reason, his name just stood out to me. It, it just kind of, you know, jumped out off the page. Yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, you talk about that Jets defense was fantastic last year, and and, uh, and he was one of them. I mean, they had a lot of guys, a known, lot, you know, not well-known guys that stood out and made plays and, and really fit into a defense and into a role. It would be interesting to see how the Panthers would use him if they went after that guy, but uh, but Douglas is certainly, that's one you could look at as well. Then you've got receiver. Um, probably, if you take a look at just the unrestricted free agents again, there's. it's not like you're really going to upgrade your roster with any of these guys. You're not going to make a Super Bowl run just because you make one of these guys you know, a Panther in 2010, but there's still some guys that could help you out, and there's Derek Mason, 14-year vet. I think he, he was over 60 catches last year. Uh, I'm still going to throw the name out there, no matter how we hate him, and that's Terrell Owen. He's out there available, and Antonio Bryant. So, I mean, there are some names, some name guys. I don't know how much they could help us, but they are on the street. Yeah, and there's, I mean, you got some other Chris Chambers, I don't know how much he has I mean, you mentioned Antonio Bryant, and I've heard a lot of Panthers fans that are that are interested looking at him because he's had some great games, really some highlight catches against the Panthers in the last couple of years. Uh, Torrey Holt was cut by Jacksonville. I don't know how much he has left. You mentioned T.O. That's that. That's one that I think you just have to bring up because of what he's done in his career. I don't see it happening. I just don't know about these controversial figures, and we're certainly going to get into one here in a little bit. The one I would look at, maybe a lesser-known guy out in Arizona was Jeremy Urban. I think a guy that kind of fit a role well, and I think he could come in and really help your team. But uh, once again, when you look at this free agent, outside of the guys that are restricted like Miles Austin and Steve Breslin, that could really help your team, as well as Braylon Edwards and Brandon Marshall, none of these guys that I see really escaping their teams or, or coming to Carolina. I don't know if there's a lot of guys that you can build for the future, and I think it, it really further cements that, that Carolina has to look young and, and look to the draft here. And if you do now, if you do go, it's possible to go sort of low rent player, if you will, uh, a guy you can bring in for little or nothing and not really break the bank to get him if maybe they can play a role for you. And looking at, and I sort of picked three guys off the list that could be slot receivers, and I'll throw you three names: uh, Mike Furry, who was with Detroit and had actually had 98 catches back in 2006 with yeah. Detroit. And it was with Cleveland last year, uh, Kevin Walter, and uh, Josh Reed. And I'm thinking slot receiver, a guy that can play inside, maybe catch the little slant routes. Those were three guys who seemed to interest me. But uh, I wanted to kind of quickly, I know we're running out of time here. I wanted to push ahead, not to drop that so fast. But the draft is going to be a big deal for us. And, and, and really and truthfully, there's not. like the, the names we just threw out, there's some guys that could help. But still, this draft is going to be very important for us. If we don't upgrade in the draft, you know, we're really going to be screwing the pooch. So, in your opinion, let's just say you're Marty Herney. Do you make a deal, another deal, and again use next year's draft picks to get back into the first round in 2010? You know, i, I got to be honest, as 
as a fan, I hate it because, you know, boy, it, it, you know, you hate, you know, risking your future and taking a first-round pick away from next year. But i got to be honest, I think I would. I think if there's a buyer, I think you got to take advantage of this and you may need to get back in the first round because of how close this team could be and how big of needs you now have at defensive end and wide receiver are. So, you know, it would make the draft a whole heck of a lot interesting, and it may take away a little bit of the flavor a year from now. But I think you probably should look at it, and if there's a team that's willing to do it, I think you got to pull the trigger. I'd love to see the team jump back in the first round. Now, you brought up something there. It was actually my next question, so good timing on that. I'm thinking if if I if I had to say how far this team is, how far away are we from contending? We already know we can compete with the Saints, but can we beat them to the punch, win the division, make a run in the playoffs? I'm thinking four players away. How far away do you think we are? Well, I, I mean that's the magical question, John. I, and I I like to think that we are awfully close because of how strong they closed the season. But at the same time, I mean, the Panthers entered last season 12-4 and with 21 and ended up being 20 out of 22 starters back, and we saw what happened. I mean, they struggled and ended up as a 500-football team. So I'd like to think, I mean, the talent is there. Once again, the talent's there, and I think this team is close. And, boy, if they can just get those perfect pieces, they don't need stars. If they can just get role players to fit here or there, you know, maybe it's a fifth-round pick that you really hit on, or if you're able to get back in the first round, or you take that second-round pick and you get a stud, I think they're awfully close. And as we've seen in the NFL where you can go from, from zero to hero and right back down in, in just the, the matter of a year, I think you can do it. And I think this team's got the tools and they're close. All right, I'm going to throw it out. Here comes that four-letter word. And if, if those of you that don't – if you don't want to hear Nick or you don't want to hear me get on our soapbox, now's the time to hit the fast-forward button because here we go. Yeah, I hide the children, right? Yeah, this is here it comes because, okay, not that I'm always tuning in to hear Gangsta Grills Radio on Hot <laughs> 107.9 in Atlanta, okay? But Michael Vick makes this appearance. There are YouTube videos all over the place. It's out on uh, the Charlotte Observer. That was the first place it was posted, I think. Uh, it's, it's on YouTube now. People are talking about it a lot. Michael Vick says, when they said, okay, where would you want to go? He says, well, why not? You know, the Carolina Panthers, the uniform would look good on me, as if that matters. Oh. Um, I guess he's now the Kim Kardashian of the NFL. I don't know. Maybe he cares about what he, what he looks like. So your thoughts, Michael Vick, do you want him, don't you want him? Oh, no, not at all. I don't want him one bit. Um, first of all, let's, let's talk about his little radio interview. It, it made me sick to think that, you know, oh, yeah, they got some cool uniforms. Listen, I appreciate it, Michael Vick. I think the Panthers have some pretty darn good-looking uniforms as well, but that shouldn't influence where you want to play. Absolutely ridiculous. My thing with Michael Vick, and this is a hot topic. I mean, this is as controversial as, you know, the, the health care bill or Kobe LeBron, you know, one of those things. It's one of these big topics of whether Michael Vick would help the Carolina Panthers. I don't want to see it happen. I think, I think a lot of fans have clouded judgment. They see the highlight reels. This guy, you know, is fully capable of making some explosive plays, you know, three, four years ago when he was at his prime. But they forget that he's a turnover machine. He's not a good drop back pocket passer. And his accuracy is not there. I don't think he's that good. And I don't think the Panthers need to, I don't think they need to take on the burden of bringing in a controversial figure like this. I don't think Jerry Richardson's the type of guy that would bring him in and, and boy, I know I'm on my soapbox here. I don't want to see Michael Vick anywhere near a Carolina Panther locker room. Well, you actually are going to sound a lot nicer than me because when I was looking at this, and it, okay, Jerry Richardson just does not seem like the type of cat that's going to bring in anybody that has got a felony 
on their rap sheet. I just don't see him doing it. And and this is what really bothers me. I know people, this is one of those, it's a social issue. I understand that. We're not talking social issues. But this guy is in the NFL, so it does become an NFL issue. So, do they get a second chance or don't they? And you know this. We all know this. We're out here in the real world, and if you fill out an application for a job today, what's that question they always ask you? Do you have a felony on your record anywhere? Have you been convicted? Well, if you say yes, you're not getting a callback. There is no second interview. There may not be a first. So, where do you go? Back to the next application. That's where you go. So, But the NFL says it's okay. You've paid your dues. Well, maybe the NFL as a league says it's okay to come back. And maybe he'll continue to play football. It won't be for the Panthers because Jerry Richardson absolutely, positively will say no. And, and there's no reason. What does he want to do? Come back here so he can play against the Falcons twice a year? This is not some screw you to the Falcons. This should be about Michael Vick trying to prove that he's a better person and not trying to get back at the old organization. So I'd, I'd say no, absolutely not. Uh, no. <laughs> not, not Amen. I'm right there with you. So, but, and, and too, now, you know, I, I've got to do this because it's possible that, that he's, he's listening this week. So, you know, i got to bring it up. I'm sure you read the big article this week, this past week, right? You know, uh, got a little pub, eh? Yeah, absolutely. That's always good to see. Yeah, I, and I, I got to think, you know, you know, Brad uh, Norman, Brad Norman over at the um, Statesville Record and Landmark, and I'm going to put the link in the notes so you, you guys can go check out the article. But uh, you know, Brad was nice enough to sit and talk to me, and 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 did the interview. And uh, Brad, if you're listening, I appreciate that. But uh, you know, it's like, you know, what can I say? I mean, uh, I I really appreciate his efforts and the fact that. You know, maybe he's going to make me popular or famous in this area. <laughs> Let's hope he does. Hey, hey just, just providing the service <laughs> to the fans, John. You're, you're a scholar and you're a great guy. <laughs> well, thanks. And uh, Brad, you know, I, I owe him one now. I'm going to have to, I don't know, I have to take him out for a steak dinner now. You know? I was going to say, I think you owe a lot of people steak dinners, don't you? Yeah, him, and I'm going to owe uh, the dollar menu uh, to uh, Darren, I guess. Yeah, we, we can eat cheap that way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, I don't know what topic we can cover next week, Nick. I, I mean, we could, we could talk uh, the draft, more free agency. I, I don't know. Well, I guess we can just kind of bounce around some ideas if you're uh, interested in coming back and, and joining us. Hey, well, John, I am always on standby. You just let me know whatever hot topic. Who knows? There's always something to talk about, and uh, if you need me, I'm here. Don't make us do all the talking. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673, and we'll let the world hear your thoughts. The number is 206-350-9673. CCR returns after the break. Are you looking for hard-hitting NFL draft news, mocks, and views on the upcoming 2010 NFL Draft? <laughs> Further than NFLmocks.com. Get the latest on your favorite prospect, what your favorite team will be doing on draft day, plus the opinions you've come to love at NFL Mocks. With a big board, underclassmen listed draft database, NFLmocks.com is your one-stop shop for anything NFL Draft. Covering the 2010 NFL Draft with class, it's NFLmocks.com, part of the fan-sided network. John B. Sitting and listening to Cat Crave Radio. 
Our guest now is Yahoo Sports columnist Jason Cole. Jason, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, no problem. Good to be here. But Jason, the, one of the big things, actually right now, the biggest of the news in the NFL besides the pending start of free agency when that becomes official on Friday the 5th, um, the Combine just uh, took place over the weekend, uh, a few days in Indianapolis. What players do you think really helped themselves and helped their draft stock this weekend at the Combine? Uh, I think the soup kid from Nebraska uh, helped himself. Uh, answered a lot of questions here. I mean, solidified his place in the top three. I mean, he's, he's going to go somewhere one, two, or three. Uh, but with McCoy, the kid from Oklahoma, not doing as well on the bench, only having 23 reps, that sort of maybe knocks Sue above him. I mean, a lot of people have talked about McCoy being maybe a better player than him, um, but I don't think that that's the case at this point in time. Uh, I don't think I don't think that that's at all what's going to go on. And we hear this a lot every year. Uh, just before the draft, they're always talking about certain positions being weak, some being strong. This year, it seems that there's a lot of focus on defensive linemen that looks like a real strength for the 2010 draft. Oh, absolutely. It's really deep. Not only do yeah. you talk about the top two kids of defensive tackle, McCoy and Sue, but then you've got a bunch of defensive uh, ends, the Pierre Paul kid, Everson Griffin. Uh, Greg Hardy is a you know, tweener kind of kid, so is Everson Griffin. Uh, there's an awful lot of pass rushers in, the, in this draft, and that's what everybody's looking for, uh, especially now that the league has gone so, so pass-heavy. Well, and since we're now without Julius Peppers, he's going to be out you know, doing his thing with somebody else, could that actually help us? I mean, could the Panthers find some help and maybe not better. get quite the hit? They better. That's the bottom line. Uh, uh, and not that I, you know, I don't completely rule out the Peppers may resign with Carolina, um, even at this point, but uh, I think that, you know, there's no question that they have to have pass for us, whether they have Julius or not. I think they have to have another guy on the other side. You want to augment that strength that you already have. And speaking of big money, there's a lot of big money to be had. And and Julius, I think it was two years ago, the story has it that Julius was offered a pretty darn big salary. He would have been slightly less paid than, say, a Jared Allen type. But he turned it down. He said no to that contract. And now that he's out there, and he is a street-free agent, unrestricted, can can negotiate with anybody. Do you think he's actually going to get the money that that he's seeking? Will it be the kind of money that he wanted two years ago when he turned them down? Yes, yes. When you're a commodity, especially in this market where there are so few players in this market, you're going to get paid. And now, I mean, he may not get $18 million a year, but he's going to be darn close. He's going to be in that 16, 17, 18 range. So, uh, and I think that, you know, we're looking at, if you look over what he's going to get paid over the next three years, because he's 30 years old, what's he going to get paid in the next three years? I think $50 million is is easily what what he could get. And then, you know, another make good season after that, where he's getting, say, you know, 65, you know, 65, you know $68 million over the next four years. Uh, and the key is, you know, how much of that is guaranteed? I would say that, you know, probably close to $30 million if it'll be guaranteed. But we've got a couple of guys already on the roster that, you know, we're going to have to rely on this year. Charles Johnson will have to step up. Everett Brown. Ron Meeks has has done some things before. Uh, what he did in Indianapolis, uh, helping guys like Robert Mathis, 
who was rather unheralded. You know, he he didn't get the kind of pub that a lot of guys would, like a Julius Peppers. Right. Could we possibly see him maybe with another offseason? Do you think he he could help a guy like Everett Brown, or do you think he's going to try that platoon? Be better. <laughs> Look, you know, this is about you got to get production out of the guys that you've invested some money in. And right. Obviously, invested some money in Everett Brown. You got to get him to play well, uh, and especially if if they do end up losing uh, Peppers, which is probably you know probable. It's, I'm not saying it's locked up. I think there's still a remote chance that the kid um, may sign if the money is somewhat the same. And I think that's because he really, in his heart, wants to be in Carolina. So. Um, you know, that has yet to play out a little bit. And I think that Marty Herney would be willing to set, you know, sign him for the right price if I read the tea leaves correctly. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think there's still some drama here to be played out. Uh, but I think that somebody's probably like Washington's probably going to come in and, you know, really blow it out and offer way too much money than anybody could even imagine uh, paying for this kid. So, um, in lieu of that, uh, yeah, you're going to have to get, you know, Ron Meeks is going to have to work with these guys to get them to play a whole lot better and get more production because you got to have pass rush. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. You have to have pass rush in this league. If you don't, you're you're going to get smoked. Well, the one guy that I think actually keeps things interesting, the fans don't necessarily care for it. They look at it as mortgaging the future, and there's a danger of doing that. But Marty Herney has, has actually made the statement that Making deals on draft day makes it fun for him. I mean, I don't know how fun it has to be, but do you think because, I mean, this year they're coming in without a first-round pick thanks to the Everett Brown deal last year, do you think he'll try and cut a deal potentially and get back into the first round? Uh, Not a lot of ammunition to work with there. So my tendency would be to say no because I I just, you you know, again, you start talking about mortgaging the future. I wouldn't be afraid to. And one of the issues now is some people are willing to trade out of the first round, but that's mostly wanting to trade out of the top end of the first round. If you're talking about trading into the first round out of the second round, it becomes more expensive. So to me, you know, that's not always the wisest move for them. So I'm really interested to see how Carolina handles this because they're not in a great position to rebuild this team quickly um, with, with limited resources that they have. So, you know, they're they're in sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of kind of a position. And they are in an odd spot too because of this CBA situation. There are very few uh, unrestricted free agents. I mean, the the list is it's it's a very short list. You got guys like Brian Westbrook and Ladanian Tomlinson. I mean, those guys were just due too much money and they were on the downside. So you don't see a, a lot of you know, young and up-and-coming players that are out there available. So how much more pressure do you think that's going to put on teams to just get this draft right? Well, look, that always, that pressure always exists if you know what you're doing. If you understand that you have to draft well in order to have a good team and that you augment with one or two free agents along the way, then, yeah, I mean, let, let's compare what Indianapolis has done versus what Washington's done. Uh, and those are two you know, very obvious examples of teams that, you know, one that one that knows what it's doing, one that doesn't. And as a result, you know, Washington has been one of the most, you know, wildly inconsistent teams over the last 10 years, whereas Indianapolis is one of the most consistent. 
production out of your uh, your first round picks? Do you get production out of most of your picks, uh, or are you buying up free agents left and right, making splashy trades? And that's what Washington has done. It hasn't worked. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's to me, there's always pressure, you know, to get the get it right in the draft because that's where your cheapest acquisition of talent is. And that's what allows you to do everything right. But it is highlighted, yes, as you say, this year because this is the only way to do it. I mean, really, there's there's nothing out there to buy in free agency. I mean, there's Julius Peppers, there's a Dunta Robinson, Carlos Dansby. After that, good luck. And then you've got a $21 million savings. Thank goodness. I guess it's a it's kind of a two-edged sword. I mean, you, you lose a, a premier pass rusher, but you also have the money available to you this year, even though you're not really dealing with uh, it. You know. It's not really available, okay? It's not because you're not going to spend it. There's, there's no – you could take eight players in free agency and not pay them $21 million because there's just guys that aren't that good. So – it's that money is just going to be saved if it's not spent. Do you not see them kind of sp- spreading that out for guys like Ryan Khalil, Thomas Davis, and then you know trying to keep them uh, around? But yeah, keep your own guys, sure. But you know, you, I would think you have that that planned for from the beginning. That's that should be something that's in your budget. I mean, look, Carolina is going to be a, probably one of about twelve teams this year that spends less than a hundred million dollars in cap dollars on, on players. That's just the way the story. The 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 un the story that people don't understand about this season is there are going to be a lot of teams playing on a cheap um, because of the rules and because of the lack of free agents. Now, that may change a little bit the following year because there's going to be a, a flood of, of guys who become available. But this year, teams are playing on a cheap. And, and that's just, you know, that that's part of the leverage that they have against the players. And that's what they want to do to ultimately force the players up to the, to the bargaining table. And they've got about a year to work that out, and 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 I wanted to ask you finally. I mean, like, if I look, if I go to Yahoo this morning, the very first thing I see the the big headline is about Peyton Manning, and you you mentioned the Colts earlier, and this guy is going to command. I mean, they've got to pay him huge, and there's a chance for a twenty five million dollar per season salary for him, just like we saw with Michael Jordan back in the heyday. So, with numbers like that, I mean, that's it sounds like an insane number, and and yes, if you did a return on the investment, I'm sure he got him to a Super Bowl, won another. So you, you're getting a return, but are numbers like that? Is that a reason to sort of fear a breakdown in these talks that we're going to see over the next year? Sure, certainly if you go uncapped, but you know, man is a special situation because of the way that he negotiated the contract, and, and he's always had the leverage on the team. And, and on top of that, I mean, he never gets hurt. It's a record, you know, he's going to set every record. Um, you know, the Super Bowl you talked about, two that he's gotten to, one that he's won. I mean, look, he, he's got everything going for him and, and nothing against him. So to me, um, you know, he, he's got the ultimate leverage. I mean, if you're, if you're Bill Polian or Jimmy Ursay of the Colts, you know, the president and the owner of the Colts, what do you say to Peyton Manning that says, oh, you know, we shouldn't have to pay you this much money? <laughs> well, what do you say? What's your leverage? You know, we, we, oh, you know, through one interception in the Super Bowl. Okay, let's take the other 12 years. Let's see how, how, that, how, how that went. I mean, there, there's just nothing you can say. And so you just say, Peyton, how much do you want? Because you can't let him go, and you can't let him sit in free agency. I mean, you know, you can't. You can't let him get to where he's going to have to be franchised because that's just going to get more and more expensive. I mean, this guy's going to play at least 
another four good seasons. And and when you think about that perspective, that's where it's like okay, twenty five million a year. And that's gonna that's gonna be an odd odd thing to watch, especially with numbers like that coming out of Indy. But um, should be interesting. But Jason, again, we do appreciate you being with us uh, for this especially right after the Combine. I know you just got back from Indy, but uh, thanks for taking time to, to talk to us. Anytime. Thank you. As always, I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, as always, you know the show would just not be the same without you and the awesomeness that you bring to the show. Hey, be sure and check out Nick's Panthers videos on YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. My thanks to Jason Cole for taking part in the program this week check out Jason's work on Yahoo Sports. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com. When you're there, you just click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. You're going to have to fill out a quick and easy form. It's actually only three entries. We'll keep you up to date on the show, the guests we're going to have on, basically everything we've got going on, the team, you name it. Just go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link, and fill out the form. Yes, it really is that easy. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes. When you're there, be sure to leave us a review. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. If you give us a follow, we promise we will follow you back. And feel free anytime to give us a call. You can call us up at 206-350-9673. Leave a message so we can hear your opinions and play them right back here on the show. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Check out CatCraveRadio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, CatCrave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old day. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game. Line up for